Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Faultline podcast. Today, we talk to Midlands-based artist Bryony Williams, who's uh, recently signed to Beth Shalom Records. You can check out her latest EP, State I'm In, uh, which is on Spotify and all good streaming platforms now. I uh, hope everyone enjoys this one, and you can head over to Faultline Social for more news, interviews, and opinion pieces. Cheers. Hello. <laughs> hey there, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How is your day going so far? Where you been All up? right, to be honest. Um, yeah. Quite early, up at seven. Oh, really? Wow. Um, well, I was going to go on a jog. And oh. then um, <laughs> it was all frosty outside, so I'll find any excuse probably not to go on the jog. Yeah. So I didn't want to slip over. <laughs> That's, you know, too much jogging can be bad for your health, you know, especially when you're going to slip. Exactly. And I've already got dodgy ankles as it is. Yeah, yeah. So um, I stayed in bed and read a book. And then I've just been doing admin this morning um, on emails and stuff. Excellent. Um, well, hopefully this will break up the morning a little bit for you. Hopefully it should be like a chance to have a little chat. Um, oh, definitely. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much for talking to us. Um, I guess like we'll just jump right in if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just like really interested to, um, well, first of all, know... Um, you know, as far back as you want to go, what was your kind of first formative experience and early influences with music? Like what really set you off on that path, do you think? Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, early experiences. Um, I guess I've always loved music um, instinctively, I think, just from a young age. Um, my dad always plays music and um there's this one story that he says that's always sticks in my mind, which kind of just coins it really. Um, we're driving back from, I don't know, somewhere and he was playing the Beatles um, and we parked up outside the house um, and everyone jumped out and the song hadn't finished yet. And so I stayed in the car. My dad was like, are you not coming out? And I was like, but the song hasn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, I guess really I was brought up on, a bit of you know dad rock in that sense um and loved guitar really like nirvana i really loved i used to like rock out to them on the trampoline um and just wanted to be a rock star and play guitar um so my dad well my parents um bought me my first guitar at the age of nine but i didn't actually play it <laughs> for a few more years yeah, and then around that time, I just, you know, started learning guitar probably around uh, the age of 13 and uh, started playing some open mics and writing my own lyrics um, through, you know, the emotional turmoil of teenage years. <laughs> so when you started playing as early as um, like 13 in public, is that right? You were doing open mics in your teens? Yeah, um, probably probably wow. 14. Probably well, 14. it's still quite early. Well, I think quite early, right? That takes some like guts to get up and do that, especially in <laughs> you know, such an awkward phase of life. That was um like how was that? Did you find it came quite naturally to you performing? Um I mean, I used to I mean, I was such a shy kid, so doing something like that was outrageous, really. Um I remember feeling so nervous and everything, but my dad would take me and was super enthusiastic about it. Um, and I just knew in my like gut, if I didn't do it, if I backed out, which is always an option, like, you know, obviously with open mics, you can always just sit and watch or you could just leave yeah. or whatever. But I just knew if I didn't perform that I would regret it. Like later on, if I'm, you know, trying to sleep later, um, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, damn it. Like I could have done it, but I just chickened out. And so I would just force myself. <laughs> <laughs> what I usually tend to do is just in life anyway. 
Yeah, well, that's actually a pretty healthy attitude, you know, just um, power through it. That's really cool, though. So was it you were kind of doing covers of, you know, you know, those kind of like grungy covers like Nirvana, Beatles, that kind of stuff? Or did you did you have like original material early on? Um, yeah, so um, I did have original material early on and I did used to play a couple of songs of my own, um, which haven't made it out into the public uh, so so far yet <laughs> in terms of recorded material. Okay. Yeah. Um but I didn't I didn't um do any grunge covers sadly. I didn't do any Nirvana or anything, but I used to go a bit more soft. Um and I think I used to play Lord. Um, oh right. Yeah. Of hers um from her first album, probably Lucy Rose. Um kind of more acoustic uh, vibes. Yeah, excellent, cool. So with those kind of influences in mind, you know, did uh what what's kind of your process from you know, you kind of hear music that you like at an early age and that kind of defines the way that you play early on in the instrument and yours was guitar. Um so you know, what's um how do you take that information, that knowledge and how do you kind of go about transposing it onto the guitar? Is it was it a case of you know, you kind of imitate what you like and then build on it? Or do you have like, what? what is your process, I suppose, I'm trying to ask? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess it's kind of a form, it is a form of Im- imitation, um, you know, just from what you've grown up on um, and what you just listen to. Um, I, I f- feel like it all filters through subconsciously. So that's definitely obviously impacted how I songwrite, whether I've purposefully gone out to write like somebody or not. Um, usually I haven't had that in mind I've been like oh like I like people but I'm quite lazy in the sense that I don't really um, analyze other artists lyrics or how they write or anything Um, so I guess that's just been a natural instinct of mine to write how I write Um, uh, there's more to that question (laughs) I feel Uh, well it was quite rumbling actually so let me just see if I can remember what I did ask Um, yeah don't worry it's not your fault Um, was it the process like yeah how do um, you approach songwriting I suppose yeah so again with with that first answer in mind I guess (laughs) Um, yeah with with guitar being my main instrument um so usually how I've how I've I've always approached writing itself is just picking up the guitar if it's around if I and also it's just if I'm in the mood if I'm honest um I it's it's really hard to force myself to do something I guess um when it's constantly accessible um I guess like such as an instrument but um so one I've got to be in the mood (laughs) to really you know really enthusiastic to I'm going to write a song this in whatever time um and that'll usually be me yeah, picking up the guitar making something and if something sticks if something doesn't then I'll put it down and I'll go off and I don't know go for a walk or play xbox or something <laughs> something a bit not as um useful um but if something sticks then I'm like okay we're on to something here um and I'll just pick up a pen and paper um and just write really whatever decides to come out um or if I struggle with that, I never really tend to throw things away. Such so, so I've got many piles of scraps of lyric scribbles from like as early as like 2011. <laughs> um, and I just look through those. And if something, again, if something sticks with that, then I'll pull, pull it through and work on it or just get inspiration and be like, okay, that's a topic maybe I should try and expand upon. Whatever the topic is, usually it's a bit 
hidden <laughs> I think but yeah I guess and I guess that's my process um and then I just make a song real that yeah. way Nice. I should ask as well, in light of, you know, uh, the pandemic and everything that's going on, you know, everyone's circumstances are a little bit different in terms of, you know, what what their time allocation is like nowadays. So uh, I wonder, you know, has that changed the way in which you approach it, in which you write? Do you find, well, you said you have to kind of force yourself a little bit to be in that mood, to be enthusiastic. Um, do you, uh, you find it easier or harder, like kind of nowadays, to put that time aside? Uh, I, th- I think... Um... I think a bit harder. I think I work better under stress right. um, yeah. in terms of not having enough time to do something. Um, so, so say when I was at university, I'd usually get like a rush of um, enthusiasm and the need to, to songwrite probably during the worst time that I could <laughs> possibly pick which would be like deadline week or something. Yeah. Would that be a bit of procrastination perhaps coming into it maybe? Anything yeah, but exactly. working. <laughs> exactly. So I'd be like, oh, but I'm so in the mood. Like, no, yeah. I'm going to pass my degree here. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously at the moment, it's a different kind of stress for everybody at the moment with the pandemic. But again, like, you know, I I don't have a, a paid job at the moment. Um so I have a lot of time <laughs> on my hands. Right. Um, and I have been in, in Berlin for a few months, just gone. Um, and I did take a guitar. Um, and I did find the time to write, and um, but at a leisurely pace. Um, and since being back, I haven't really done much, say like know, the, the, the 22nd of January now. I haven't really done too much, but um I have I'm just making myself <laughs> I guess um to songwrite more um, and actually record them on uh like demo them mm. um and release like a songwriting EP each month um, all right okay yeah, my band camp since that band camp thankfully are carrying on the band camp days um, yeah. where you know the cut goes and more money comes to the artists um so and I figure that's a good way for one, people who may want to know more about my process of writing or et cetera, it's kind of like a bit of a podcasty slash, you know, here's some song ideas that I've been working on. And then I get to speak about what they mean maybe in the time because I will soon forget what any of them mean. <laughs> oh, excellent. So has that, have you, is that already started? Can you, you can give that a shout out if it's already up there, you know, people can yeah, check it out. Well, nothing's up there yet, but um, I will be releasing something on, I think it's the 5th of February um, is the next Bandcamp day. That will be the first songwriting EP where people can just like pay for what they want, you know, for it. Cause I mean, it's, it's just something maybe I don't know, something interesting, hopefully. Yeah, that sounds, well, it definitely sounds like a productive use of time anyway. As you said, there is this weird paradox where we've got more time on our hands than ever, but it's, it can be hard to get that motivation. So that's a really cool goal. Uh, so speaking of releases, there was, if we go back to October, was it? That was Stay Time In. That's the the newest um, EP anyway that, that's currently up on Spotify. So um, yeah, that's kind of a collection of five, six tracks, is it 15 minutes long? Yeah, so uh, could you just tell us like a little bit about that? Because I think that's that's quite quite representative, quite good of your material that's out there at the moment. Yeah, uh, sure. So State Omen, yeah, let's like say is my last body of work, um, the one with the water gun artwork. 
Yeah, at the nose, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, how to describe it? Yeah, it's a collection of songs, um, and I think it's it's definitely my best, my proudest work at the moment, and it was my first record that I haven't self-released that's been actually, like, you know, through a deal, um, through a label uh, called Beth Shalom Records um, that I got earlier in, early in 2020. Um, and yeah, recorded it in a week between <laughs> frantically between lockdown, yeah. <laughs> um, after the first lockdown. Um, so I think recorded it in June or July, um, when my producer was like, right, I think it's kind of okay to do this now. <laughs> um, so me and my producer just worked one-on-one -on -one and yeah, did it in a week. It was really fun to do. Um, you know, just straight eight to 10 hour days, um, just boosted on coffee. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then it came out in October, like you say, um, and made a, 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 DI, a very DIY music video for one of the tracks called Knockin'. Uh, it's the first track off the record, um, which involves my parents in our back garden, um, <laughs> which is available to watch on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So. When you were, you said you recorded that quite quickly in a week. So obviously you were kind of smashing through the tracks, but so you went in with the material already in your mind, right? You'd had a chance to write that all down and then you kind of got through and recorded it. So was there much changing that went on during the process or did you have like a pretty clear idea of what you wanted? Yeah. Um, so one of the tracks, the, the lead single of it, I Can Be, was actually recorded... Um, December 2019 so this is before the record deal and stuff that was just a song that I had recorded with my producer anyway because this is a really long story but um well <laughs> I don't know maybe going off but um because for 2020 I was actually um, backpacking um I want to say the world but not the world <laughs> I was backpacking in Asia um and then I was going to go to Australia so I kind of resigned myself anyway that I wasn't going to be working. I wasn't going to really be available on my emails or anything. I was just kind of signing off for the year. Um, but I just wanted like a song or two pre-recorded that I could just kind of fire out as singles whilst I'm traveling. So I Can Be was already um, recorded before, before the intention of making a record. Um, and then when I came back, I came, well, I came back from backpacking because of the, the pandemic, of course, um, <laughs> which was in March. Um, that's when uh, I got the record deal and the idea of making a record came about. And I think it, I'm trying to think of the song. So that we've got Knockin', we've got Cherry Red. It's Cherry Red. Yeah. It's Knockin'. Uh, and I wonder. I can be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, five, five, yeah, five tracks. Yeah. So I can be was already done, and then oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, um, I wrote I wonder whilst I was backpacking on a ukulele. It was actually two separate songs that I just made. Um, like um, in where was I at this point? I was in Indonesia, um, and that that formulates so that that was wrote whilst away, and then were and then knock in dive and um, cherry red were wrote basically as soon as I came back home, um, just out, you know, just out of songwriting. Um, and then, yeah, I went to my producer. Um, and this is, 
Um, so my producer, uh, Matthew Pinfield, I've used him for, he recorded Conscious, my other EP too. And we just have have like a natural way of working together. Um, I'll come to him with, with the songs, almost like demos, um, just with the lead guitar uh, or rhythm guitar and my vocals um, and the structure of the songs. And then he'll be like, it'll kind of be like a process of elimination, really, you know, he'll be like, oh. Um, that one's not so that's a bit weak really <laughs> I'm like, oh right. okay I'll leave that one then <laughs> good honesty yeah yeah <laughs> I'm secretly not like oh I really was precious <laughs> that, that was one. my favorite one yeah 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 he's like that no 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 and I'm like okay um obviously- uh, you know I think that worked out for the best because I, I think you know all the tracks on that EP you know they're they're really great tracks you know they've all got their kind of own individual style and sound um yeah, yeah, so I think he's done like a good job in choosing what to leave in, which is which is the hard part, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, and which is why I just kind of trust him, um, and I don't really, unless I really feel strongly, then I won't flap about it. I'll be like, listen, <laughs> you've you've got good musical ears. I trust you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so, and yeah, like you say, like each song does have its own um, its own mood, its own character. They're all quite contrasting. Mm. Um, which is something which I do set out to try and do. I, I'm quite conscious of being a bit samey, really, because I don't like that from other people in the sense like, oh, that song basically wasn't that much different from the other one. Like, what's right. the point? Um, and obviously also as a, as a as a small artist, really, um, I want to, you know, if I'm given the opportunity to try and show off <laughs> um, as much versatility, as I can and also make an interesting record you know like a um just something that's going to pop and like you know like like I say like each song is different and like that can then hopefully acquire to other people's different tastes from across the board um so knocking really has that early onset grunge uh kind of inspo um yeah from back big bass line Heavy yeah, sounding. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and just stomping, just like yeah. a, a white stripes kind of vibe. Yeah. And then you can go to something like Dive, which is just like something I've never done before. Admittedly, I wasn't playing the piano. <laughs> I was going to ask because there is the piano ballad on there. So, who, was that? Do you play piano? Well, you just admitted that it wasn't you. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got away um, with that. But yeah, <laughs> I know I could have. But, you know, um, yeah. I'll slip up one day and then karma will come for me. Um, I I have a MIDI keyboard, um, which is obviously a tiny little thing. So I can play keys in the sense of making noise, um, you know, but theory wise, definitely not. And so I definitely will say I can piano, although it is my favorite instrument. I wish I could. Um, But yeah, um, so originally that was right on guitar. and I think even in even on YouTube or something, there's a guitar version of it somewhere from when I first wrote it. Um, but yeah, no, I got we transversed it onto piano. Um, and yeah, Matt, we got Matt to uh, the producer to uh, play the keys, and yeah. um, Lucy Phillips, his uh, now fiance, to uh, play the violin um, mm. over the top. Um, and then yeah, just just me me softly <laughs> softly singing the lyrics real close up into the mic there so yeah it's a very contrasting record um mm. very proud of it um and i'm just i'm 
I'm very curious to whatever I come up with next because I really don't have that much of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's good timing because I was going to ask, you know, uh, how do you, we've already, you know, kind of said this is kind of um, more of a showcase of contrasting ideas, this particular record. Um, so w- would you say that was different to the kind of earlier stuff you've released? So this has kind of been building to this record. Yeah, I think so. My my first EP, Wonderlust, which, gosh, I feel like I recorded that at the age of 14. Like it was really, uh, but I wasn't that young. I think I was like 16 or 17, but I had no idea really what I was doing. Um, but that, thanks to the producer on that, I think is it's it's just one genre almost, you know, that, that does kind of embellish, again, like my moody, grungy, dark kind of vibes in that EP whereas then Conscious kind of goes a bit more than indie pop a bit more brighter which you know um I really love like you know and that was a part of me back at that point of my life but you know if I was asked to make that record again like obviously it would probably would sound quite quite different probably um but that um is a good thing that's you know like as a you know you're constantly progressing constantly growing um <clears throat> as an artist as a as a person um and then yeah I think so I think <clears throat> state I'm in is just yeah it was a build-up to um just the range of things that I listen to because you know like I don't just listen to <laughs> to grunge or, or indie or whatever you know um yeah it's just about being being able to be a, a bit alternative I guess and to, I guess constantly surprising not only whoever listens to it, but also myself. Um, Excellent. Yeah, with, yeah. With, with, with whatever I decide, well, <laughs> naturally create, I guess. Right, yeah. It's it's going to be, uh, by the sounds of it, it's quite an organic process for you, right? So you, maybe you have no idea what kind of music you'll be making in like five, ten years' time. Like, you know, who knows like <laughs> where it'll lead you, which is like exciting, I think. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's there's a... There's a lot I want to explore, but again, like I said earlier on, I'm a bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> when you get round to it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. When I've got more time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even more time, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So we briefly, or you briefly mentioned signing to the label, Beth Shalom Records. Um, yes. How has that experience been overall for you? Was that kind of, um, was that quite a big moment for you? Like personally, as an artist, that's quite a cool you know feeling when someone validates what you're doing in that way oh 100 percent. you just yeah. you just absolutely said it um it's it's just that I think it's the language really like you're able to say wow one I'm su- like you know you're just able to say I'm signed um yeah. I've got a record deal I mean that just sounds cool no matter what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's a terrible record deal you're like I've got one um but thankfully it's not a terrible record deal it's a very <laughs> artist friendly one um yeah. So I thank them a lot for that. And they just really, it's it's been really nice to be able to have somebody else to bounce off um, in terms of um, PR campaigns and creating timelines of when to record stuff and release stuff um, and to kind of take the weight off um, admin a bit, um, you know, registering your songs on uh, Spotify and um, publishing and stuff like that. And them kind of knowing a lot more probably than I do about that. And and yeah, it's like I say, it's been fun to bounce ideas with them and then to create it's more it's more it's more of a collaborative approach, um, obviously. Um, 
which I haven't really had before. It's usually been not just me, <laughs> you know, being like, let's just shoot a music video and then get my friends involved or something. Yeah. And like, yeah, I've never had a manager or anything like that. So to have to have the label there as um, someone I can confide in um, and trust has been really, really nice. And and yeah, and also to for them to then cover cover um, me having my first vinyl, um, which is a huge thing for me as a personal achievement, um, mm. as a vinyl collector myself, um, to be able to hold <laughs> my own music. Um, and, you know, that, that picture of the water gun, <laughs> just like up and be like, wow, okay, these are, you know, there's 150 copies that exist in the world and most of them have been sold. Um, so to the, the main thing out of the whole process for me, the coolest idea is that they're just they're just in people's homes, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say, I think. Um, and that people don't tend to throw up vinyl. So as wishy-washy as streaming is, you know, you just come across a song on, I don't know, Spotify or whatever, and you might like it and you like it and it goes to your library and then you forget about it like by the next day. Um, whereas a vinyl is is for life. <laughs> Yeah, not just for Christmas yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah well we won't get too sidetracked with the whole you know streaming you know digital vinyl you know versus um but yeah that is that is like a big thing for me personally you know like I'm very appreciative of the fact that we can just open Spotify and, and as you said all this music at our fingertips but there is something just still very special about having that physical copy and yeah that's like a great that's a great keepsake for you to have as well first vinyl that's cool yeah yeah. yeah excellent so have you mounted that on your wall or is that just for listening purposes only um it it's not on my wall I can it's see around it. here <laughs> I can yeah. see it yeah but it's, it's not quite on the wall um I think that might be for me that might be a step too far there's already <laughs> a couple of my previous things framed right in front of me actually oh um, okay yeah well that's that, nice though yeah you know. proud dad really yeah excellent <laughs> excellent so you said you have um quite kind of kind of an eclectic music taste and that you kind of draw inspiration from a, a lot of different things um without putting you on the spot too much uh you know have a little think about it what's what are you kind of listening to at the moment like is there anything new you've discovered that you want to share with us perhaps you know anything uh anything that's really kind of sparked your interest at the moment yeah um Recently, I've been listening to Beirut. Am I, am I saying that right? I think really Beirut, yeah. Um, they're an artist, but my friend sent me just one particular song by them called Gallipoli, maybe. <laughs> that could be Gallipoli? Completely... <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and basically, that's been on repeat. Probably, I've probably listened to that a hundred times um, in the past week. That um, I just had that on repeat for like days upon days. I just fell in love with that particular song. Um, and my dad, for Christmas, his friend got, uh, got him a, an LP by Sufian Stevens. I think I'm saying him right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, my dad's like, oh, you should, you know, really, you know, you should listen to this. And my dad had never heard of him either. Um, but it's one of those beautiful things where someone gets you something because they thought of you, they thought, oh, you might like this, um, have a, you know, on a whim. Yeah. Um, and I really like that, that kind of uh, feeling. Anyway, um, 
so I overheard my dad playing it and I was like, oh, it's good. So anyway, I've been listening to him. Um, that album, I think, is called Carrie and Lavelle. Um, I think it's his parents are on the cover, um, but it's a very good album. And then um, I guess during my time in Berlin, I was listening to a lot of new records um, that I just, again, haven't had the time or <laughs> drive to listen to full albums and, you know, on a walk or something. But I basically was in Berlin, just walking around Berlin. That was my purpose of being there <laughs> for um, a few months. Um, and I really got into the war on drugs um, a lot. Really, really loved them. And Fen Lily, um, I think I was walking walking um, in the morning and had a little cry to Fen Lily's <laughs> album. Um, you know, uh, just, but it's, and I think it, it's that, it's having, being able to merge your brain being able to merge um you know audio with visuals so it's really nice to be like my time in berlin was kind of soundtracked with those new finds and the albums that i was definitely in the mood for and exploring no that's good yeah no, that's amazing yeah i like that idea of soundtracking things to uh you know because we do that by accident don't we you know like just by you know the music that we're listening to at a time immediately takes us back to that time so um yeah, it's very powerful in that sense. So that's, yeah, you know, I can, you know, not hear a song in like 20 years or, you know, and then it'll come up one day and I'll be like, I remember exactly where I was when I kind of first heard this or the time in my life when I heard this. So, yeah. Uh, here's a question for you. If you could go back in time and, uh, you know, kind of see any gig, you know, any artist, um, mm -hmm. who would you go back and see and uh, why? Oh, <laughs> Anything. Again, the possibilities are <laughs> limitless. I must apologise. It's a very open-ended question. <laughs> I know. Um, and maybe I should put a disclaimer before and say to everybody to not judge me on this. <laughs> but um, one thing I've always wanted to see, um, which I'll never be able to see, um, is early Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would be one of my choices. Um, and it's definitely a choice. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. It's not what I expected, but yeah, no, you know, no judgments, but you know, walk us through it. What's what's the thinking? Yeah, um, I really love the black. I really, well, I really loved. I didn't really listen to them that much these days, but um, when as a as a kid, um, when I used to go back onto the the um, soundtracking, really, um, when I used to listen to CDs in my Walkman. <laughs> when going to Wales on little family holidays. I have a vivid memory of, we used to go rock climbing um, and we used to stay in this climber's hut. And so, you know, there wasn't much to do as a kid in the sense of, well, you, you know, you just no mobile phones or anything. Um, so you're just left to your own devices of like the outdoors or whatever. So, and I just remember I used to listen to Gwen Stefani and Black Eyed Peas on this Walkman, like, religiously on repeat and yeah early black eyed peas i could i could probably rap most <laughs> most <laughs> of the lyrics um i just loved them so much and um i think it would just be such a treat for myself to be able to see that live um but back but back when they were released it i think now i don't think they would put on maybe that good of a performance <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like fulfilling fulfilling that kind of desire of your younger self, you know, like a treat for your younger self, you know, go and see the music you were really into at that time. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. But maybe not their new stuff. I'm not too bothered about no. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's interesting as well, how like you can I think it is just at that time something really speaks to you, doesn't it? You know, we we've all you know, that's the quite a quintessential music thing to say, isn't it? Like, oh, I love the first album, but you know, second <laughs> one wasn't that great, you know. You know <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Who could beat that, huh? All right, cool. Well, that's 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 a very cool answer. You know, thank you for being so honest. That's um, I'm yeah. I'm curious I, to who you, who you would have thought I would have chosen. Ah, well, you know, it normally goes back to what you know what people say, what they grew up on. So, like a lot of people say, um, you know, I mean, Nirvana is a big one for kind of people that are into shoegaze and grunge, or like Queen's another one. It's just because you can't see them anymore. Uh, like Hendrix, you know, the usual kind of guitar gods or whatever. They're all dead now. But um, yeah. I guess I would have picked one of those one of those kind of big boys in that arena. But yeah. Nirvana would be second. <laughs> Nirvana would be second, yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. So moving on from that, you've we've we've already talked about, you know, the 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 record deal and you've had like a, a quite a very positive experience with that, um, which is great. But you know, to kind of put you on the spot a little bit, is there anything that you kind of dislike about the music industry or anything that you see that you're not really like super keen on, kind of what happens with music nowadays? Yeah, um, maybe nothing too specific, but then, you know, hear me ramble on and probably get onto something. Um, I guess I always get the feeling of when thinking about the music business, I just get very hazy about it because there's so much going on um, that I I think maybe it's a control thing in the sense of, who does control and gatekeep um, who gets so far with their career. And I think I mean that negatively in the sense of maybe tech companies having a bit too much to say about art itself. And that there's a big debate um, currently between my followers on Twitter um, amongst the the indie blogs <laughs> and journalism um, about blogs that um, advertise to artists to pay them to uh, to uh, have reviews wrote about them and feature on their playlists and stuff. And there's a lot of indie blogs that I follow who are like, that's not on, that's not okay. Um, you Artists, you shouldn't be paying for this stuff. This should be a free, free thing. Um, you know, you're creating art and... <laughs> Uh, we want to run about it you know it shouldn't be a a paying thing Um, so in that sense I think I dislike kind of the smoke screens um, especially for for young um, and and new artists who who might not necessarily know um, that these things are essentially a scam really Mm, Um, I think there's a lot of praying that happens in music um, which has happened you know traditionally anyway um but these days with again like uh, technology uh, there's just so much of it that can happen just you know <laughs> over emails and stuff yeah. like that so I guess um it, I feel like just for me it gets a bit murky and it can get a bit dodgy in the sense of um when it comes to money and then also on the flip side of like the reward artists may get for the money that they put into um, 
there are, you know, whether that's buying new equipment or paying a producer to record, um, well, produce, <laughs> produce a record. I mean, it's a lot of money. Um, yeah. And so, you know, until you can get back the money for that through, through whatever means, whether that's, uh, you know, selling vinyl or streaming or anything, um, it's a really tough job to do. Um, I think, and I think for anyone, to be honest, unless, you know, you've hit uh, commercial success. Um, and so my last point that <laughs> is I think I do hate, this isn't to do with the business, but I hate it when just people <laughs> um, compare your success to commercial success, I think. And that, that, that's the only thing that they can identify as success. <laughs> um, whereas to me, for success was uh, winning a Twitter tournament battle against Andy Bell from Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> well, was that like pick the track or like pick the artist? Yeah, I think it's pick yeah. the track. Um, yeah. It did happen. That, there wasn't a rumor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's like a, I can't remember their, their uh, username off mm. the top of my head, but um I think they get people to nominate a song and an artist oh, okay. that, and somebody nominated Knockin' of mine. And it, it out of, I don't know how many tracks altogether it was, but me and Andy Bell got to, <laughs> got to the, the final. <laughs> um, and obviously, he's, he, you know, he's got a blue tick on Twitter and everything. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I did really... I thought this would be fun if I, if I uh, just get a bit of recognition from Andy Bell. That would be great. And yeah, yeah I did. So <laughs> <laughs> that stays in my mind, obviously. Nice. Yeah, cool. Well, that was that was going to be one of my other questions was, um, you know, how do you measure success personally, you know, mm -hmm. as an artist? And I suppose um, recognition from one's peers, that's, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> but like, is there kind of... Um, is there somewhere you'd like to see yourself in like a few years time? You know, would you, um, would you want to go down that kind of radio rock route or would you, you kind of just want to keep making whatever comes naturally? Yeah. Um, I think artists who, who, um, I aspire to and I, in an achievable way, um, to be always realistic, um, would be artists such as like, um, Orla Gartland, um, and kind of following the early footsteps of Marika Hackman um, that I feel like have just organically um, grown their audience um, and have really just put everything on the line and just gone for it. Um, and I think now definitely shows the payoff of that. So, and I think I have it in me. <laughs> I think it's just, sure. it, it's, you know, just uh, finding the right ways to do that yeah so <laughs> yeah excellent and uh so obviously you know we're in the middle of the pandemic at the moment hopefully things are getting better soon hopefully we're going to see a return to live music um sooner rather than later i'm sure you know artists as yourself that's <laughs> kind of a very big part of life but also for the punters you know the gig goers you know we we love that kind of stuff so um Aside from being able to play one of your own shows, which I'm sure is is the, the dream at the moment, what kind of uh, who, who are you looking forward to going and seeing um, after this kind of all ends? Yeah, yeah. Um, Present day. Um, I do have tickets to go see um, an artist called Billy No Mates May. <laughs> okay. 
Fingers crossed. So that could still go ahead then? So far, so yeah. far. But we will see. Um, and I think that's already been a postponed gig anyway. Right. Um, yeah. But she's a fabulous artist um, who I'd recommend to absolutely everybody. So I hope it goes ahead because I'm really excited, <laughs> especially if she's my first gig, which yeah. I appreciate will be um i don't have tickets for anybody else other than myself <laughs> um and if, and again if those gigs go ahead also anyone specific in my head I, I don't really have in terms of excited to see i think i'm more excited and well to counterbalance that it's just to be at a gig like it's just the activity itself um and you know, to go in, into Birmingham, which is my local scene, um, and to just see people and like have a few drinks and just be like, oh right, this is this is how we connect. This is like, you know, this is how I know you know, I know you or you or whatever. And that's kind of the only environments that you you see people and you say hey to. You don't really, you know, see them outside of the gig circuit really. Um so yeah, I think I'm you're definitely excited for, <laughs> for yeah. it. Or to come back, but then I'm thinking, gosh, I must spend so much money <laughs> on games. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Um, slightly tangentially, obviously, you're a Midlands-based artist. Is that track Cherry Red? Is that about the bar Cherry Reds in Birmingham? Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, I did wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that well, like a shout out to the Birmingham Birmingham scene? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Cherry Red itself, the song. Um, is uh, a description almost <clears throat> of um, a memory of mine um, that started um, in Cherry Reds um, mm. in the one in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, like we say about visuals and audio, um, that is what I imagine just being sat inside Cherry Reds when, when that song, um, when I think about that song. Um, and also... What came with the vinyl, I did like a, a, a photo series book, <laughs> um, which included, you know, the song lyrics and a photo to go with each each song um, with the cherry red one. Um, it's just a photo of, of the outside of it. So it is definitely paying a homage to it. Um, and hopefully when it's back up and running, like the song gets added to the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. That would be nice, huh? So you you briefly mentioned that there was perhaps some some dates that we don't know if they're going ahead or not. Um, when when are those um, coming up? Yeah, if they go ahead, it, it's uh, just the two. Um, so we've got a London date, um, the twenty second of April, at Signature Brewery. Um, I don't know what side of London that is, <laughs> but hey no. Um, and I think that's it's only like a forty five capacity um so you know be seated um so that but that's not on sale yet I don't think um and then I have a Birmingham headline gig on 25th of April the Sunday um but that's sold out already <laughs> so nice. which is nice which is great yeah, so excellent that's a good that's a good problem to have <laughs> yeah yeah um so you know, hope again, like I say, like hopefully they go ahead. Yeah. Um, it'd be the first time playing the the new material. Um, excited to rehearse that with the band. Um, haven't seen them in probably over a year now, and 
you know, um, just see how see how we mesh together with that. It's usually been um, whenever we played gigs before, because we live a, not far away, but a bit dotted around and trying to sync people's schedules together, like four people, it's quite hard. So yeah. in the past, when we've played festivals and stuff, we've just rehearsed like the night before <laughs> and just been like, this will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look at you when this happens. And, you know, um, so... I think the headline show will be a lot of fun because it'll, even though we'll have maybe at least two rehearsals with the new stuff, um, it'll just be that, you know, hey ho, it doesn't matter. We're just having fun. And um, I hope the audience is too. Excellent. So, yeah, um, you know, anything you want to say? Where can we find you? Where can we follow you, you know, on uh, the internet? Yeah. Um, da, da, da. Um, for photos and maybe funny stories, that is subjective, then you can follow me on Instagram um, at the life of Bryony. If you want me potentially being funny, but in uh, written form, you can follow me on Twitter um, at Bryony W Music. Or if you just want occasional updates on my music um then there's my facebook which is brownie williams music and i have a like uh, i have a linkedin if anyone's right. you know a bit curious about that okay well yeah um thank you very much for taking time out to talk to us today brownie um yeah we really like uh stay time in i think it's really cool it's a really nice showcase of uh, some material and yeah we hope that you um Hope that you get back to gigging soon as, and yeah, hopefully put out some new stuff. Thank you. It's yeah. been really fun. Okay, excellent. Well, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Uh, what What are you doing for the rest of the day now? Uh, da, da, da. I am going to head to my brother's house um, once I've had some lunch. Um, he's recently got a new uh, dog, a little puppy. Ooh, um, nice. Super cute. So <laughs> any, any excuse to go over it and like, habit um until it starts biting you <laughs> and it's yours again yeah. uh, but i recently bought a punch bag <laughs> because right. i want to get into boxing um a bit of a weird uh, hobby um mm. for 2021 um but and my brother boxes a bit um so i bought this punch bag but there's nowhere actually to put it here so <laughs> i was like you've got a garage that doesn't get used so we we hung it up there um and so I'm going to go over and pet the dog and put on my gloves and uh, try and learn a combination maybe and really ache tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, take out some of that rage. Seem like yeah. a very rage-filled person. No? Yeah, oh, yeah. You're very calm. <laughs> yeah. All this right. is behind the scenes. Really. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, enjoy the rest of your um, day, Bryony. And thank you again for talking to us. And, uh, yeah, we'll... Um, We'll see you out in the Birmingham scene soon enough, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully so. Yeah, um, yeah really nice to meet you, Theo. Yeah, um, cheers. Thank you for chatting. Um, and yeah, have a good rest of the day too.